0: Okay, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of Corinthians. Corinthians, we're actually going to start in 2 Corinthians. So if you want to go there and then we'll end back up in 1 Corinthians 11. In the 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to just think about uh, this evening as we come to the communion table. Um, communion, the Lord's table, and the judgment seat, or the Bema seat, in connection. How, how are they similar? And um, so in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, Paul says this, For, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Look down at verse 11. knowing, therefore, the fear or the terror of the Lord. We persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that ye may have somewhat to answer them, which glory in appearance and not in heart. Now, What is is the difference between the great white throne judgment and the bema seat? Here the Apostle Paul says that there is a judgment seat. The Greek word that is used is bima. It's in reference to the games uh, that was used. This is a, a decision seat, a chair where judgment is made. But that's different than the great white throne judgment. Turn over in the book of Revelation to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, the last couple chapters of the Bible. Revelation chapter 20. At the end of the time of the thousand years, where Satan will be bound, and the Lord Jesus Christ will set up His kingdom in on Earth, and the, the beloved city, as made reference in verse nine, would be uh, the city of Jerusalem. And uh, He sets up. There's there's going to be at the end of that time a, a battle. And then the devil is going to, to, who has deceived is then going to be taken at the end of that time period and cast in the lake of fire, verse 10. Then look at verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face of the, uh, the earth and the heavens fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, both small and great, stand before God And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So there's two judgments. And the word that is used there, the judgments that would, that would be used, um, in, we see this in Revelation 20 as the great white throne judgment, where the Lamb's book of life will be opened up, and the sea will give up their dead, Hell will give up its dead, and they will stand before the one sitting upon the throne. And whoever's name is not found written in that Lamb's book of life will then be taken and cast into hell along with devil and his angels, and then hell itself will be taken and thrown into the lake of fire. But that's different than what we read about in 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul's talking to believers. And it also is a judgment seat. A place where God will sit upon His throne and bring judgment. A place where um, believers will be judged. But the word judge there is not a judgment in the fact of punishment for hell. But the idea of judgment there is more of rewards for service. And so you say, well, Pastor, how does... How does this connect to the Lord's table tonight? Were you giving out rewards this evening? Well, as we look at this, and I think this is coming in verse 11 of this chapter we read in 2 Corinthians 5. Paul introduces the judgment seat. This is why we must all appear. Everyone is going to receive. But then he says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God. We are revealed to God. And I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. So here he's saying also my works. It's one, um, as we see this uh, one person said this with this verse. He said though Paul knew that his salvation and eternal destiny were obtained only by faith in Christ the thought of one day standing before his Savior awed him It created a holy fear in the Apostle Paul that one day he's going to stand before the God Almighty on his throne and give an account. It was this contemplation of that very moment that moved Paul to fear the Lord. And it impelled him to continue to serve the Lord faithfully. The purpose of his ministry was then to persuade men to make things right with God. So as he looked at the judgment seat, the Bema seat for the believers, the Apostle Paul shook with holy awe. And and it caused him to see that future day, in light of the prophecy, that one day he would stand before God's judgment seat for his ministry faithfulness. Motivated him to tell others, listen, you need to live right because your lifestyle and your actions matter and your relationship of being right with God because one day we're going to stand before God and give an account. And even the judgment of God that may end up being in, in a sake of rewards caused the Apostle Paul to be motivated to get things right between the Lord. And his fellow believers. That's why he uses the word manifest. That his life is open before God. But Apostle Paul says, also open before you. I have nothing to hide. I want to be right with you. And I want to be right with God for the glory of God. And because I don't want to be ashamed. And just thinking about me standing before the Lord one day. Makes me shake in my boots with fear. Godly, righteous fear. Not that he's going to be put to hell. Not that he's going to be thrown into the lake of fire. But that he will give an account. So, in some sense, the judgment seat is an examination. The purpose of the Bema seat from this passage is the fact that we will receive rewards, but God is going to make a judgment, a decision. And we will be held accountable Now, as humans, we are held accountable in three ways. Number one, we are held accountable as sinners. This is the believer's past. That was settled by Jesus Christ upon the cross. That's why we come before the communion table and remember our past. We remember as sinners our sin and the penalty of our sin was paid for. God already made a judgment upon our sin and it was put on Jesus Christ, and he gave his body, and he spilt his blood for us. The judgment of God was placed upon Christ, and he saved us from our sins, and we are held accountable to what are we going to do with Jesus? What are we going to do with that sacrifice? The sins have been paid for, but we need to apply it to our account, And it's by faith, by grace through faith that we accept Christ as our Savior and we go from sinners being guilty under the penalty of sin to now being washed in the blood of the Lamb, justified, forgiven. So I would assume then that at least our membership, you can take it for granted, but our membership has been held accountable as sinners already. And we have an advocate who stands before us in our place and has taken our sins, and we stand no longer as sinners condemned, but because of Christ, we stand before God as sinners who are saved and redeemed. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, that is the first area of accountability between you and God. And if you choose to reject Jesus as your Savior, then you will pass from, from this life into the next life. The Bible says it appointed unto man once to die and after this, the judgment. And that's in reference to Revelation chapter 20 where we will stand, where you will stand, if you don't know Christ, you will stand before God at that great white throne and you will give an account of your works whether your name is in the Lamb's book of life or not. That will be a judgment as an accountable. Humans are accountable in as sinners. But praise the Lord, we have a Savior who meets our need. We are also held accountable as sons. Once we are saved, we are now sons of God. And the Bible talks about the fact that we we as sons, God will deal with us as sons. And sometimes He has to chasten us like a son. This brings us back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 where Paul, addressing the church at Corinth on the first occasion, talking about the Lord's table, he comes through here and he condemns them for taking the table unworthily. In other words, not dealing with sin. And because they weren't dealing with sin, look over in 1 Corinthians 11 and look what Paul addresses with these... um, these believers, in verse 29, he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And it is for this cause that many of you are weak and sickly among you, some even asleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. You see that? that we should not be condemned with the world. That chastening hand of God as a parent, as a father to his son, shows us that we are part of him. We're not part of the world. We're in his family. And he takes seriously the sin that we can pile on ourselves and the decisions and the filthiness of this life. So when you come to the communion, you are to ju- uh, God is then judging you as a son. Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, at whom the Lord loves, He chastens and He scourges and He chastens everyone who is a son. He deals with us as sons. And so that would be in the, in the sake of of uh, the sins that sometimes come into our life that we need to confess on a daily basis. We don't, when we don't deal with sin in our lives as believers, then the Lord loves us too much to let us continue. And part of the communion table is a time where we can be judged as sons, examine ourselves. But we are also held accountable as servants. We are held accountable as servants, and that's what Paul seems to be talking about in Second Corinthians 5.10, where we will stand before the Lord, and we will give an account for the things done in our body. You see, our, our actions, our works as servants, we are stewards. God has given us responsibility, gifts and talents and abilities. What are we doing with them? And as stewards, we have to ask the question, what what are we making of our life? How are we using it for God's glory? And God will hold his servants accountable for what they've done, and he will reward those who have been faithful. And that's where Paul is talking about in this chapter, about just the thought of standing before God motivates him to be a faithful servant. To deal with sin as a son, but to be a faithful servant. This is why Paul then in 1 Corinthians 11 says, Let a man examine himself. We are to judge ourselves and see how we are doing in our body, how we are accomplishing our purpose. You see, every believer will stand before God one day in a given account to how he used his time on this earth. How we used it. Did we waste it? Did we use it? I know some who indicate the fact that, you know, the, the comment about the fact that when, when we pass on and we go into eternity, that uh, the Lord will wipe away all the tears and there's no crying in heaven. Um, now, I know the reference of the wiping away of the tears actually doesn't happen until the end of the book of Revelation a later portion. The judgment seat, the Bema seat, some have indicated, happens kind of earlier, maybe not long after the rapture. And there could be a possibility that we stand before the Bema seat of Christ. There may be tears that are shed for those who lost opportunity. The crowns that could have been won, that could have been granted, but because of sin and slothfulness and laziness. Every believer will then be judged as receiving rewards for their faithfulness of how we obeyed the Lord and our faithfulness to the Lord. So as we think about the judgment seat of Christ standing before the Lord, we stand here before the communion of God's table. We sit here before the table where we are going to remember the body and the blood of the Lord, and we are commanded to do this until He comes. And this communion service ought to be like a dress rehearsal for the time when all of us believers will stand before the Bema seat of Christ. A dress rehearsal is, well, you know, kind of like the real thing, but not the real thing. It, it's a preparation, it's a reminder. Of what's coming in the future. It's very important to us. And how we we perform for the Lord. How we deal with sin. And because we all will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We need to be reminded that we will one day stand before God. And give a full account. And so we ask our question. In in being accountable to the Lord. When we come to the communion tonight. And we examine ourselves. Can can I ask you, first of all, will you examine your words? Your words. Malachi 3, if you want to turn over there, you can. It's not often a book you go to, so it's good to go to it and address it. Malachi 3 in verse 16. It's just talking about the Lord, and standing before God. And Malachi says this for God's people. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. Notice the words. And the Lord heard, he hearkened, and he heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. So in other words, there is a book that is written of our words, God is keeping account. Um, Psalm one thirty three says this: "Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity! It is like a precious ointment upon the head, like the priest that is being dressed up. Our words, when we are when we are held accountable in unity." Matthew twelve thirty six. listen to what Jesus said. But I say unto you, every idle word that men speak, they shall give an account in the day of judgment. Every idle word. Someone once said that our tongue is the shovel that scoops out our heart. The tongue is the shovel that scoops out our heart. When you stand before or as you sit and contemplate giving account to God, would you think about your words? Has your words encouraged and built up someone as, as salt that, that comes and, and brings healing? Or has your words cut and hurt and been used to tear down someone. It is at this time in the communion that we go to the Lord and we say, Lord, forgive me for my words. Help me to examine my words because one day I'll stand before your judgment seat. And those words matter, what we say. We also will stand before the Lord for our works. Turn over to 1 Corinthians. Corinthians uh, is one of those books that Paul often talks about examining, and so in 1 Corinthians 3, in verse 11, this again is going to be talking about the believer's uh, standing before God in His judgment. Possibly it seems to be a same connection to 2 Corinthians 5. And notice that, uh, that every man, in verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 3, every man's work shall be revealed, made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try, test, every man's work of what sort it is. And if any man's work abide which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. And if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so by fire." Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Paul is talking to believers in this passage about standing before God, not only giving account for our words, but giving account for our works. Our works will be examined. Notice what he says here. Not how much we did for him, but what sort we did. It's interesting the way the King James would use this here. The man's work of what sort? This would be what kind? Was it, was it, um, was it valuable? Not how much. There's not like a weight here. But the Lord's going to see what I gave you. What did you do with it? How did you use it? Very brings back a, a thought of the Lord when he gives the parable of the talents. So not only our words, our works. So as you think about communion here tonight, as you come, use it as an opportunity to examine yourself. How are you doing as a faithful servant of the Lord? We don't do good works to earn salvation. This part of the the elements today don't have any merit of, do not have any merit of, of grace to anyone that takes it today. Grace is unmerited favor by God. This is a reminder as we take the elements, we are taking them and examining our heart of how our life matches up to the word in Jesus. This is our checkup. This is our daily, uh, our, our, our um, quarterly test as a church to, to prep ourselves for the day that we will stand before Jesus Christ. He is the head of this church. And just as we take the body and the blood, uh, we are recognizing his body and blood that was, that was taken and remembering what, um, what it, sacrifice it took and examining ourselves. And then can I just say last year, as believers, I do believe that we will be, um, we will be examined by our witness. Words, works, and our witness, Jesus himself gave his disciples a specific command, a commission. Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel, and make disciples. That is the commission that we are given as disciples of Jesus Christ. That is our responsibility here to show our light and to be a witness to those around us and Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians 5 in light of the judgment seat of Christ his fear is is that not only would he be open and honest before the Lord but that with every man's conscience that he would be open and honest with them and share both the gospel with the unbelievers and the discipleship responsibility of teaching those that that he is responsible for I believe that the communion service should be a time that reminds us of how we are to be faithful witnesses for Christ. And as we come before the elements this evening, we just need to think, how am I doing with my witness? How am I doing with sharing Christ with those around me? And I believe that the Lord, there is a crown that is going to be given at the Bema seat for those who are faithful witnesses, those who win souls. There is, a, there is a crown that is given to those who are faithful in winning souls. And so as we come to communion tonight, would you examine your words? Would you examine your works, your faithfulness to the Lord? And would you examine your witness, your responsibility in obeying the marching orders of Jesus Christ? How are you doing your part in your community, in your church, in your job? Because the Lord took so seriously his, uh, our sin and the sins of the world that as we come before here, we're reminded of his body and of his blood that was shed for the whole world. And that responsibility that we have to share others to others. Um, In 1 Corinthians 11, if you'll turn over there. Paul says this in verse 26. As oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death he come. There's a prophetic picture that is here that is, that is going on every time we do this we are picturing the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus until he comes. Verse 27 Wherefore whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself As he comes before the table, let him examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Father, I pray that you would help us this evening as we come before the table tonight. Lord, as we make an examination of our words, of our works, of our witness, even in light of the day that we will stand before that Bema seat and give an account, every one of us will stand there for ourselves, not to be judged for our sin that was settled by Christ on the cross. But a judgment is going to be made, and rewards are, be, are going to be given, and uh, Lord, we will be examined on what sort of works, Lord, I ask that as we come before the communion table, in some ways, maybe, maybe it would be an examination in light of what is to come that we would get things settled so that we can leave here tonight knowing with the fear of the Lord that one day we will stand before you that, that we've, got, we've gotten things right. We've been reconciled with our Heavenly Father. And as sons and as servants, um, we stand confessing and dealing with sin and examining our our life and how we're doing. And at this time, not just as a church, we we make an examination, but individuals that make up the church, that we would look deep and go to you and, and deal with these things that need to be dealt with. Uh, Bless us as we partake. In Jesus' name we pray.